Hello, and welcome to the Green Leaves Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Rizzo, and we have a returning guest today. Ginger Holton is my friend and a registered dietitian who I had on last season. And this season, we're going to chat with her all about weight loss. She has a new ebook out, which is called Meal Prep for Weight Loss 101. Weight loss is a topic I've said before that I don't really talk much about. I feel like you kind of have to specialize in it. And that's why I wanted to bring on a dietitian who does specialize in it because I get tons of questions about it. So Ginger, thanks for being here. I'm really excited to chat through all this today. So I want to start with the basics. You see a lot of clients, you see tons of people all the time. And when someone comes to you and they say, I want to lose weight. What is the first question that you ask them? You know, there, there's a few, if I can have more than one. I mean, if I had to choose one, I would say why. And I know it might seem like a silly question because a lot of people are like, of course, everybody wants to lose weight, but that's, that's really not the case. There's so many reasons. There's so much background. There's so much history for each person. So why is a big one. Um, I'll also ask, you know, how much, like, what does this look like for you? What is your personal weight history? What's going on with your family and their weight? Um, do you have any health concerns like high cholesterol or blood pressure? What else is going on here? Um, and I'll also ask about any relationship to food and body, including eating disorder behavior. Cause I really need to know about that too. Yeah. I think the why question is a big one because I get a lot of athletes who come to me that, and they say, well, I'm running cause I want to lose weight. And I'm saying, well, are you running for performance purposes or losing weight? Because you have to kind of nail down your goal in the beginning. And it's really the why of like, I'm hundred and X pounds now. And I want to be hundred and X pounds then is not really helpful for most people. You know, what I found is ultimately when people come to me and it's just like, I want to lose five pounds or I want to lose 50 pounds, that alone actually does not ultimately become very motivating for people. If I can get a quote unquote better or more powerful why, um, I see that people do better. You know, the why I want to lose weight, you know, for for all these other reasons or to target this thing or to feel this way, that really is a lot more motivating than just losing weight to lose weight. Like, I would say, why are you doing that? What's in it for you? It's definitely, it's interesting because I've talked to Ginger about this and I've mentioned it kind of on social media. I had a baby six months ago. I was never the type of person who weighed myself much, but when you go for your prenatal appointments, every single time they weigh you because they judge, I mean, a lot of healthcare professionals judge things on your weight, right? So they judge, are you gaining a healthy amount of weight? Are you getting too little weight, which is something that could be harmful to the baby? Are you getting too much weight? Towards the end of the pregnancy, I had terrible reflux and heartburn and whatever. So I wasn't even like eating that well. Towards the end of the pregnancy, I actually started turning around on the scale so that I didn't have to look the numbers because I was like, this is giving me anxiety. And I'm not a person who's really worried about weight before, but it really can just kind of give you anxiety to look at those numbers all the time. Uh, yeah, we should talk about weighing and we should talk about health healthcare and weight also today. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about people who kind of get on the scale all the time? Do you think it's helpful for people? You know, it's such an interesting question. And with my clients, I literally have people doing everything from weighing daily for some people that's a fit to completely not weighing at all. For some people, that's a really powerful tool. Um, So there's a huge range and it depends on so many factors. Um, But I do feel pretty passionately about the fact that a lot of people, when they go to the doctor, even for it's something totally non-weight related, like like an injury or something, the first thing that's done in our medical system is to weigh people. And I think that is a mistake. I think it can be really triggering and upsetting to people. Um, 
it can also make the practitioner focus only on weight and not look at other parts of the healthcare picture. And so I just think that weight, weight loss in our healthcare system in general needs a bit of an overhaul. Oh yeah, definitely. And I also recently went to the dermatologist where they put me on the scale and I was like, I'm here for a skin check. Why am I getting weighed? But I, I've been very open about the fact that postpartum, I'm about 10 to 15 pounds heavier than I was pre-pregnancy. And I think that why question comes in, do I, why do I care? And part of me is like, I care because I want to wear my clothes that they, they don't fit anymore. Um, and then also I've had like minor back aches. So things like that is you just kind of want to feel good. And I think that's a good reason for wanting to lose weight do you think that there's i mean everyone has their own why but are there there is you see things kind of on the internet with people are saying oh well no one should want to lose weight but what do you think are some healthy reasons for wanting to lose weight you know the number one reason that i do weight loss with people among many other things is be, you know is because i don't feel like i can judge your why you know what I'm saying? Like your why is unique to you. I can't tell you whether I believe in you losing weight or not. Like what I really do with each client is listen to their story. What is their why? What else is going on with them? Um, like I said, usually just losing five or 10 pounds isn't enough of a why for me to take on a client, but there's often so much else going on that I think I can help them with. And then I'll bring them on as a client because I do weight loss because I help people with personalized nutrition and I value each one of my clients and, and that's why I do it. And that's why people should work with dietitians. But I want to go back to something else you said, which is for some people weighing works for some people it doesn't. I also think the same thing of calorie tracker. So I'm talking about like things with my fitness pal. What do you think about that? Because I personally enjoy tracking calories. I don't do it all the time, but I do sometimes like doing it so I can see, oh, did I get enough protein today? You know, kind of things like that, not to obsess over, but what do you think about calorie trackers in general? There is so much good about them and there is so much bad about them. It's a really interesting subject. Um, the number one problem that I have with them, like if you just log on to my fitness pal and you say, you know, it'll say, how much do you want to lose? And you'll say, 30 pounds. And then it'll say, okay, how, how much do you want to lose per week? And you'll say three pounds, which is, I would say very unrealistic. And then it'll put you on this super, super low calorie diet because it's just running an algorithm. And so then my clients are banging their head against the wall under eating like crazy gaining weight and so frustrated. So it's important to know that calorie trackers are just little machines. They don't know you or your story. And you really need to use a tracker in conjunction with a specialist. Like you are a registered dietitian, right? And it sounds like you have a very balanced perspective, but a lot of people don't have a lot of information about nutrition. So just going in blindly and using a tracker, I think can be very damaging or it can be very enlightening and helpful. Well, also, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes you'll have, oh, I have 200 calories left. I can go eat an ice cream cone and you can do that every day. You know, like you could save up those calories, not eat anything nutritious and it still fits in there and it's not going to ding you in any way. There are so many ways to quote unquote hack the system. And so I think you need to make sure that you're using it correctly and appropriately in a way that works for you. Another thing that happens, and I, I don't know, tell me if you're doing this, but I almost always have my clients uncouple their exercise from their tracker. So I don't like that game of, oh, I'm going to work out more. So I earn more calories. I don't find that effective at all. So I have people completely separate that. 
Oh yeah, it's definitely, especially for runners, it really messes with your head because you can go out for a 10K run and I'm relatively small, so I burn less calories than uh, my husband, for instance. Like he'll run out 10K and could burn a thousand calories. And then you can go eat, you know, a tub of ice cream if you want to. But yeah, it's it definitely messes with you because that's clearly not the best strategy for weight loss. So I think that there are some ups and downsides to it. But you also mentioned you could put in that you could lose three pounds a week. And that's unrealistic. What is realistic amount of weight to lose in say a month? I do like looking at it per month instead of per week. The, the problem is with weight loss, we're taught or told by society that it's this, you know, calories in versus calories out, this linear drop down. And if you just do it right, you'll be okay. It's just human metabolism doesn't work that way. So in a month, some weeks you might lose more and some weeks you might not lose at all. So that is something that you have to get used to with weight loss. You know, for some of my clients, maybe a half pound in a month is a win. I see that a lot, right? Because I take a slow, steady approach that's non-restrictive and not a crash diet. So I like it when my clients lose slowly. Um, some people, you know, um, depending on a lot of factors, maybe they can lose like a, a pound a week. I would say a pound a week is a lot. So like three to four pounds a month, that would be a lot. But Ginger, the celebrities lose 10 pounds a month. Kim Kardashian lost however many pounds in three weeks, 15 pounds in three weeks or whatever it is. I mean, and you talked before about these people are starving themselves, right? That's essentially what's happening there. Yeah, they're losing water weight, they're starving themselves. A lot of them have personal chefs or meal delivery programs. And a lot of them are spending most of their day working out. That's not realistic for most of my clients. Um, and I think that messaging, like you're talking about that expectation just sets the average person, all of us up for failure and frustration, like I'm not having those results, everybody wants to lose weight fast. But if you starve yourself, and you undereat and you overexercise, you're just going to slow down your metabolism and you're just going to rebound weight gain and just be on this terrible cycle. So I see it as my personal duty in life to help people get off the weight loss, weight gain cycle. Yeah, I wanted to talk about metabolism. And by the way, for anyone who can't tell from my voice, I was being sarcastic. I don't think it's a good thing that these celebrities are going on these insane diets and losing 10 pounds in two weeks. That is not, not to mention it's not sustainable, right? It, you're usually going to gain it back. Although they do have chefs that can continue to cook the same meal for them. And that's great, but we don't have that. So, and you said it messes with your metabolism. Can we talk a little bit about metabolism? So do some, in the first place, do some people have a slower metabolism than others? I mean, yeah, there are serious and significant real genetic differences in all sorts of things, your hunger and satiety, or how full you feel. Um, the way that you burn fat or other or carbs or protein in your in your body, the way that you store fat, so many differences. And metabolism also has to do with being in a male or female body with how much fat or muscle mass you have with your age. Um, it has with with your your race, race ethnicity, like it has to do so much with so many factors. So when I hear people say, Oh, just eat less calories. It, it, human metabolism is not that simple. So yeah, some people have slower or faster metabolisms. I would say that's true. And if it's not just about eating less calories, then how, I mean, what is kind of the secret to weight loss? I know that's a loaded question, but what do you, what do you think helps people really lose weight? 
uh, it's such, there's a huge spectrum, you know? So what me and my team do is when each person comes to us, we work out with them one-on-one in completely individualized ways. So all sorts of different dietary patterns, all sorts of different exercise, all sorts of different, like some people need to work on their sleep or stress management. Some people need different macros, meaning carbs, fat, or protein ratios. Some people need to track, some people don't. So the secret I would say isn't a secret. It's working with a professional who can take a personalized approach to look at you and your life and what you need. Because what you need and I need and my client needs are completely different. Yeah. And I think people do things also that they don't really realize, right? Like it's hard, it's hard to realize your behaviors of, okay, every day at four o'clock I'm snacking, even though I'm not hungry and kind of coming to the conclusion of why that's actually happening. And that could be like a small thing that maybe is kind of derailing your weight loss goals. I have a few clients right now who I would classify as somewhat weight loss resistant. Like they're doing all the quote unquote right things, but their bodies are not letting go of that mass. And that can happen, right? And I think it's just important to understand that bodies are so different. Metabolism is so different. Um, One thing that I do in my practice, we talked about this previously, is I do genetic testing and that can tell you a lot about metabolism. Yeah. And you talked about this in your ebook and you're brought it up a few times here, hormones and things like that. So how much does hormones come into play? I know cortisol is a stress hormone that can really affect weight, but how can actually someone know if that's something that they're struggling with? Cause it's so kind of out there and it's like heady for people. Cause they don't really know. You can't look at cortisol. You can't look at your hormone levels. So how would you actually know that this is something that's affecting you? Yeah, I think we undervalue how much hormones play a role. So one of the biggest that we have is cortisol, the stress hormone that is literally a fat storage hormone. So is insulin, insulin is spiking and dropping all day every day in our body. So are sex hormones like testosterone and estrogen, they play a big role. Um, Hunger and satiety hormones, those are constantly in flux in the body. We've also got thyroid hormones. So your weight is being very carefully managed by tons of hormones all over the body, all of which are interconnected. So I do talk a lot about hormones with my clients and how to balance them. I also refer out for testing. You can test cortisol levels, you can test certain hormones, and that can be something that we look into with my clients. I feel like every woman I know tells me that they think they have a thyroid issue because they can't lose weight, which Mm. I think that's come from social media. I think people see on social media that you can have a hormone imbalance and that could be causing you to gain weight. And, you know, that's not always necessarily the case. It is for some people, but I think a lot of women kind of fall into that trap. I do too. I do too. I mean, hormones, thyroid hormones are just one of so many. Sometimes they're the culprit. They're very easy and normal to test. So you can check that box pretty quickly. So let's also talk about meal prep because that's kind of what your book is about. Meal prepping seems overwhelming for people, but it is something that you obviously recommend. How, what do you think of people who are new to meal prep? Like what's a good, easy way for people to get started? And also how can that help them on their weight loss journey? It's really funny because I think when people think about weight loss, they're like, okay, I need to count calories. I need to track. I need to do all these things. But actually in my experience, people need a grounded, balanced, everyday plan. Because what happens is if you're just flying by the seat of your pants and you don't have a plan, you're 
eating out all the time, you're grabbing quick, fast food, you're grabbing packaged foods, you're skipping meals, and all of this behavior can be a problem for weight management goals. Um, but what I do in my meal prep book and with my clients is try to get people on a balanced schedule where they're eating at a regular pace, you know, like three or four times a day. And in the meal prep book, it's like, let's cook once, like cook once and have breakfast the whole week so that you don't have to think about it and you have less decision fatigue. So what I do, um, and the way that I wrote the ebook is super simple, cook once or twice a week, get all your meals laid out get all your fruit ready, get all your veggies ready and just calm everything down. So you're more stable and steady and organized and grounded. I, that totally resonates with me because I do that. I I'm pretty good about, or at least I used to be good about meal prepping before I had a baby. And now it's like, I do it sometimes and I'll eat. I have no problem eating the same meal three or four times a week. But occasionally I'll not have anything for dinner and my son Neo will go to sleep at seven o'clock and I usually eat dinner at six and I'm starving and I'm like, all right, I guess I'm eating peanut butter on bread for dinner. And then 20 minutes later, I'm eating something else. And 20 minutes later, I'm eating something else. And I think that's exactly what it is. If you don't have a plan in place, you're just eating whatever is in front of you you are just eating whatever is available and or not eating and that can work against you too. So to me, the reason that I wrote meal prep for weight loss 101 and emphasis on 101 is let's set some time aside to make ourselves a priority, make a list, go shopping, get food on hand, know what you're going to eat for the week and be done with it. That alone can actually lead to weight loss just by having more of a plan and and, uh, being more balanced. And are the recipes you put in there high protein? Because that's something that I've been getting asked a lot. Do people need to eat a lot more protein in order to lose weight? Should they stay away from carbs? And you and I both know that carbs are victimized. And when people say carbs, I I think they mean dessert, soda, candy, things like that. But, But they also may mean things like brown rice, quinoa, you know, those are carbs as well. So do they need to eat high protein and stay away from carbs in order to lose weight? Well, protein can be really helpful. I think a lot of people actually, some people under eat protein and overeat carbs like that can get imbalanced. Um, But protein is very stabilizing, filling. And I have found if you get enough protein, it can help with cravings. So I do look at getting protein into meals and snacks, and that can be helpful. The people that restrict carbs that I work with a lot of times are restricting like bread or pasta. I hear that a lot. But what's really funny is they're restricting some of these healthier carbs, but then they're drinking like sweet coffee drinks or putting sugar in their tea or eating desserts. And I always tell my clients, did you know that sugar is the carbiest carb? Like sugar, (laughs) sugar is so much more carby than like bread or pasta. And so it doesn't make any sense to like pick and choose your carbs. You have to look at carbs all together and really work on uh, minimizing added sugar. That can be an effective strategy. For sure. I know there's also research on fiber helping with weight loss and fiber is in carbs, things like fruits, vegetables, whole grains. There are lots of fruits, veggies, whole grains, beans, nuts and seeds, all foods that have complex carbs all through the ebook. And there is research, like you said, that those things help with weight loss. I'm glad you brought up beans, beans and legumes, because everyone who listens here, not everyone, but most of them are plant-based or yeah, mostly plant. They eat mostly plants. And the thing that I hear most about people who are doing this because they want to lose weight is they're super worried about the carbs and beans. Okay, so beans have so many carbs, I can't eat them. They're gonna, I'm gonna gain weight. Whereas if I eat chicken, they, it has no carbs. So 
what do you say to that? Is that the case? Are the beans and are the carbs and things like beans and legumes going to prevent you from losing weight or make you gain weight? It's such a great question. Um, you can so be plant-based and lose weight. Actually, the research very clearly shows that plant-based people, vegetarians and vegans are typically at a lower body mass index BMI than omnivores. So like the research clearly shows that of course, people come in all shapes and sizes, but plant-based diets are tied to lower body weight. So there's that beans are incredibly high in fiber, which is a carb and beans and fiber are linked to lower body weights. And so I really don't think we need to worry about restricting beans. They're such a healthy food. They're filling, they're satiating, they're high in fiber. Don't restrict those carbs. I think it's a mistake. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. And I know we said we're not really calorie counting here, but if you do look at the calories, you can eat more of them as compared to animal foods a lot of times. That's a great point. Do you ever deal with calories at all with people? Like, do you look at calorie count? Do you look at, you know, someone maybe eating a thousand more calories a day than they need? Like, do calories ever play a role in all of this? Yes, sometimes for some people. Um, the one thing that I see, like a really common mistake is people under eating. I see that so, so much. So sometimes I'll just have people, you know, run calories and be like, hey, did you know that you're eating 800 calories a day? That's not going to work for you at all. And it hasn't been for a long time. Um, because what usually happens is people like under eat and then go the other way and overeat. Um, so Sometimes it can help shed light on that. Sometimes also I've had clients that start tracking and they're like, oh, I'm way overeating calories or I'm way overeating calories on the weekend. So yeah, I think it could be a helpful learning tool for some people. Yeah, I was going to ask you why undereating is not necessarily great, but yeah, it leads to overeating later. And I've seen the same exact thing with some of the clients I work with. The the weekends, people forget about the weekends. And that comes to a question I wanted to ask you is, for people who don't really cook much, can you do a lot of takeout, do a lot of meals outside of the house, or maybe even buying uh, packaged meals and still lose weight? Or is that kind of setting yourself up for failure regardless? Yeah, I'm interested in what you talk to your clients about with this, but uh, most of my clients, I'd say all of my clients, they are really busy. They have big jobs. They travel a lot. So eating out some or most of the time is just reality. So just the other day, I was talking to a client who asked me if she could do fast food like burgers with her kids on, on a Friday night. I was like, yeah, let's pull up the menu. And we took her classic burger dish from like a thousand calories down to like 500, you know, so just with some simple adjustments. So I'm forever looking at menus, working with people and strategically changing their eating out or ordering in so that it can fit their lifestyle and goals. It's interesting. I did the same exact thing with someone because she, this happens more so with plant-based people. There's so much less stuff on the menu for you, if you, especially if you're vegetarian or vegan. Some people consider themselves plant-based and they still eat fish or meat, a little bit of meat, but some people are vegetarian or vegan and you go to a place and the one option is pasta or something. Um, and you can still create a meal from sides, but it's not always going to be the most well-balanced, which in the end, you kind of have to do other things like maybe eat before or maybe eat after because you're not going to get the best thing where you end up but you can also kind of sometimes find things you can combine things on the menu like you said and make it a meal that's not as you know indulgent as it could be um but also some people are going to steakhouses every night and they have to maybe think about what restaurants they're going to so that's there's that 
For sure. There's a lot of nutrition education involved. You know, what is the calories? What is your portion? What are you aiming for? So again, working with an expert like you or I just on how to eat better for running goals, plant-based goals, or weight loss or health goals. It's such an important part of this puzzle. And let's talk about running goals because I have so many people, I actually have a friend right now who wants to become a runner. She keeps saying, I want to be a runner, but she kind of also hates running. Every time she runs, she's like, I hate this. And I keep being like, you don't need to run. But the reason she's doing it is because she wants to lose weight. She keeps saying, no, it's great for weight loss. It's great for weight loss. And I'm like, it's actually not really. It's really not just running is not going to make it so that you lose weight. You have to do other things. And especially I think it's been pounded into our head that cardio helps you lose weight. So can you speak a little bit to this? What do you think about cardio for weight loss? And if there's not really many dietary changes there? Yeah, diet and exercise play together for weight, but for so many other health conditions and for stress management. Um, I have not found exercise, especially without dietary change, to be very effective, especially for women we just have a higher fat mass, lower muscle mass at a baseline. There's actually some research that shows that women are more tendent have a tendency to gain weight when they start exercising appetite goes up, there's some overcompensation going on. So that can be frustrating. Um, I do work with all of my clients on becoming more physically active for people doing only cardio, I really focus on also increasing some strength training, because that's a great way to actually support your healthy metabolism by getting more muscle mass. But I really do work with the dietary changes and timing of eating. However, that being said, I have seen men in particular respond well to weight loss from exercise. I don't know if you've seen the same. Yeah, I actually was doing some research the other day on metabolism and looking at, is there a difference between men and women? And it seems somewhat inconclusive, but a lot of what I found was men tend to have more muscle and muscle makes your metabolism quicker. So men, unfortunately, <laughs> get to lose weight a little bit quicker than women. Is that kind of how you've seen that happen among your clients? Yeah, I really, I really, really have. Yeah, the male body just statistically and from my experience just has more lean body mass. And so that's just going to create a higher caloric burn when you're running uh, energy need calculations on males versus females. Um, you'll notice that males are just going to be burning more naturally than females. And of course there are so many genetic differences and body size differences, but across the board, yeah, that's been true. Yeah, no, I agree. What do you think about the health at every size intuitive eating movement? I feel like we've seen a lot of this pop up in the past few years and it seems great, right? I've had people on the podcast talk about it, but I also feel like sometimes within that, those movements, they're kind of saying weight loss is quote unquote bad. Mm. You know, I do introduce the concept of health at every size or haze to, I'd say nearly all my clients, because at the end of the day, I think that there's an amount of body acceptance and body love that needs to come on any health or weight loss journey. Um, so I talk about that all the time and I'm like, Hey, is this really about the weight or is it about something else? Like where, where are you in this journey? Like what happens if you don't lose weight? Like, where is your value? Like, you know, how can you, how can you appreciate your body where it's at? So I talk about that a lot because I really don't think you can effectively lose weight without body acceptance and body love. So I talk about that a lot and I do actually do some intuitive eating work too. I've had a couple of clients who come to me and they're so sick and tired of the weight loss, um, struggle, 
uh, up and down roller coaster. And so sometimes we take weight loss completely off the table and just work on being more intuitive and having a better relationship to food. And I love that work. I would say it's extremely life-changing for a lot of my clients. And what's interesting from the people I've interviewed about intuitive eating, which I never really thought about before, because I think the word intuitive trips me up a little bit about things like having a meal plan or prepping your meals and having a plan for nourishing your body throughout the day can actually fall into that intuitive eating spectrum. I think so. Um, a lot of people, what they're doing is they're like, they are hungry, but they end up skipping meals because they're not organized enough to have it. Or, you know, my clients are like, I just really love having like this kind of dinner. So then I just say, well, let's plan for it. Like you're hungry at breakfast. Let's make a great plan so that you always have breakfast. Like to me, that's intuitive. Like I love oatmeal. Great. Let's put that as part of your plan so that you get it every day. So I use intuitive eating to create guidelines that set people up for success and make them feel good. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. Like you can eat tacos all the time. Maybe let's change up how the tacos are a little bit, but like, why not eat what you want? And I've, you know, I've fallen into that trap of starving, not because I'm trying to starve myself, but because I have a child who's demanding <laughs> and it doesn't feel good. You're going to be hungry and you're going to eat more later. So that's just not going to help anyone in the end. That will push, you're trying to be an intuitive eater. You're trying to eat what you want and what you need, but you're not able to because of organizational issues. So to me, meal prepping and planning can actually really fit into doing what you know is best for your body. That's, yeah, I totally agree. Well, this has been really, I feel like this is like laying the groundwork for people who have seen so many myths about weight loss, which actually I have one more question before I wrap up. What are the biggest weight loss mistakes or myths that you hear from your clients? Oh man, probably the number one is that under eating or reducing your calories is going to equal weight loss. It's such a big myth. It's just not true. Um, a lot of clients I help lose weight by eating more calories. That happens all the time. Um, I also, you know, intermittent fasting is so hot right now and I see people doing it so poorly and have it really, really backfire against them. So like skipping meals or not eating for large chunks of the day, I think that's a big myth. And I think it doesn't work for a lot of people. Cause it may work for a certain period of time, right? Like say you do it for two or three weeks, but then you're going to bounce back. Is that what you see? Yeah. Um, or I see people kind of take it too far. Like they start intermittent fasting and then they go further and further and further. So what I see is people skipping like the morning into the afternoon of eating, then they're super hungry and hangry, their blood sugar and their hormones are all messed up. And then they just overeat all night long. It is such an unhealthy cycle that I help a lot of people get off of. Yeah. I actually get those questions from people who are running and things like that about intermittent fasting. And I don't start eating till noon, but I run at seven and I'm like, oh my gosh, no, please don't do that to yourself. Give yourself some fuel. You'll feel better and it'll help you in the end. It's, uh, but I, I, there are certain people who, I mean, there is some research about intermittent fasting being helpful for some people, but I don't necessarily think it has to go to the extreme. Oh, for sure. I mean, I do use a little bit of it in my practice, but in a in a way that I think is not what we're reading online. Like I, I do it that's very personalized for people, usually having dinner earlier so that we're having an overnight fast instead of just not eating all morning. I don't find that to be effective. And one other thing I want to say is I know a lot of people are hesitant to meet with a registered dietitian, but they are willing to spend money on things like Weight Watchers or Noom or MyFitnessPal or whatever. 
if you meet with a dietitian, like the things that you've heard from Ginger, they will take everything that works with your lifestyle into account to build a plan that is right for you. So really, that is kind of one of the best things that you could do if you really want to lose weight in a healthy way. And they may also help you get to that why of why you're even doing this in the first place. So with all of that being said, Ginger, where can people find more from you and potentially work with you? Yeah, I really hope folks that are, you know, this is speaking to reach out. I'm Ginger Holton, H-U-L-T-I-N. I I live in Seattle and I run um, Champagne Nutrition and I have my new uh, ebook, Meal Prep for Weight Loss 101. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to put all of Ginger's links in the description below. And thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Natalie Rizzo. And if you want to learn more from me, follow me on social media at Greenleets or visit my website at greenleets.com.